Okay. Welcome to you talking with Greg. (laughs) I am super excited, folks. I'm super (laughs) excited because I get it's Guy Sensok who is the most yes. overdue guest. You are now the most overdue guest. The most, actually, most overdue. Most yes. overdue because I've been so looking yeah. forward to having you on the program. And of course, we've been chatting, but a lot of things intersected to make it not happen. But here we are. Uh, welcome, friend. Why, thank you, sir. It's so, good to see you. Really good to see you. I've been tracking, I've been tracking you a lot um, just through our conversations, but also just the work that you've the uh, the series is that you keep doing with um, with John and different people and Chris yeah. and so forth. So I've been I've been in some sense watching you. I think watching your well, a couple of things: watching your mind with the topic and what and what what that means is also watching your system, mm. right? And running things through your system and then having it seems like when you run something through the the system, it updates the system. Yep. Right. Which is just, it's, it's interesting. It's quite a system you got here. Hey, I, 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 I deeply <laughs> appreciate system, that. Right? Hey man. That, so yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, so in terms of this, uh, I love that, that you picked that up. So um, mm-hmm. I think the system, uh, hold on. Turn this off. Mm-hmm. Um, the system has this capacity to assimilate, integrate, and then grow in different areas. And uh, so, yeah, that's that's my feeling really ever since I stumbled on the tree of knowledge. It's like this capacity yeah. to pull and network and then grow, you know, it's yeah. and garden and all this other stuff. So oh, and then it interfaces like the thing that it does with John's system. It's fucking cool. Yeah, it is really, really cool. And also the thing that he point and I wanted to I wanted to double click on this a little bit too with you that I think where John pointed or highlighted is important was a moment where I think um, there was being read a, a case study of of a particular person, like a, yeah. a like a personality profile or or tendencies, right? Yeah. Um, in the situation mm-hmm. and then you were like well clearly this 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 that and then the other thing and you predicted the whole fucking thing right put it into a bow and then it started to go on and then john's like wait a minute that what the hell was that right mm-hmm. um and i i, I and so he, I think he was, if I remember right, I mean, a lot of this stuff is kind of blending in at this point in my mind, but if I remember right, what was he highlighting about that, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. And what, what's the thing, what is the, what was the, what was the through line that made that important, right? Right. Mm-hmm. right. Well, I think, so... Uh, what you had there was Gary was presenting a case. Uh, it was amalgamation of, you know, uh, probably, but pr- undoubtedly somebody who, who he had seen uh, was presenting. I'll let the audience just know if you haven't seen the series. So case has got h- high conscientiousness uh, and sort of high expectations to achieve, which comes with conscientiousness, um, sort of a press on openness to explore, but also high neuroticism. Um, and at a developmental stage where uh, the kind of launching into adulthood was not taking root, okay? Right. Uh, and 
and then finding themselves in a place where you're feeling a bit pressed and trapped at the same time. Okay. Mm -hmm. And so Gary described sort of just basically the trait scenario and then the developmental scenario. And then John offered some reflections about some from a recursive relevance realization, what kind of press and how you might want to think about that. Mm -hmm. And then I came in and because this is what I do in part uh, is gave a, I think what John would experience is a much wholer picture of the dynamics in relationship to say the way in which the egoic justification system would have beliefs about the self, about the world, um, yeah. the way the motivational, emotional system would grab a hold of that, the conflicts that would be the case, and then the way you get jammed in a particular developmental lifestyle to see the yeah, world yeah. and be enormously, feel like there's an enormous potential that you're now frozen in that you can't realize, get incredibly yeah, yeah. frustrated, and then have that neurotic system take you off and blame self, blame other, avoid control, but do so in a way that very vulnerably makes you vulnerable to greater and greater paralysis and will drive you into first anxiety and then shut you down in depression. And then all of a sudden you'll be like, you know, oh my God, it's a fucking catastrophe. Totally, totally. It's so interesting because it's like, I, I'm now remembering why that struck me is one, is it so, so that sense of kind of just getting a little bit of information and be able to figure all of that stuff out is something I've been remarkably good at too, right? Mm -hmm. And haven't completely known why. I just thought, well, talked to a lot of people, read a lot of books, probably somewhere picked it up, right? But there's... But no, it's because you have a gift, guy. Right. Okay, right. You have, you have an, you're an empath, uh, yeah. which means that you are able to drop into the psyche of another people, pick up core resonances, understand the intuitively understand the basic structure, see how those resonances would play and utilize yeah. relatively limited information to drop a picture of the psychic structure into the world and then totally. show your empathy of that. I, you have that very strong. Yeah. Well, it's, all, it's also this kind of, I think that the, the, thing, the thing about that also highlighted was this thing I see over and over and over and over and over again. And it's this propensity that we have to get into double binds Totally. Like, like, and I'm, I, like double by, you know, by double binds, you know, the Gregory Bateson kind of notion of mm -hmm. it, of, of like, it's not a problem, right? Like a bind isn't a problem. It's like, you know, if I go left, um, I'll, I'll lose my right leg. If I go right, I'll lose my left leg. Can now solve that problem. That's not a problem, right? Mm -hmm. um, and I think that, I think that Bateson, thought that genius what's normally called genius has to do with your relationship to double bind somehow mm. right that there's something about the genius that can find the in his terminology something like the difference that makes the difference mm -hmm. that affords you to leave the level of the bind and when you right. leave the level of the bind a new organization kind of happens that you right. can't even predict right yep um and then i thought and, and it's like and i think most of the time double binds just turn into people's lives becoming grinds right yes. they just be like people just shut down they just become less and less alive Right, they it's a complete implosion yep. or a certain kind of toleration of it, mm -hmm. right? 
And I think that there's something about being human, first of all, probably, some, and this is where I can, I, I'll, I'll hand it over to you, but something about this multiple, being able to relate to multiple, multiple level, levels of context at once and yep. be able to move amongst those, yes. but then also have this kind of emotional throne like disposition towards certain kinds of survival and different mm-hmm. at different levels and in different ways. And then you just end up with this whole fucking knot. Totally. <laughs> right. can be yep. huge. Right. Totally. I, I mean, essentially what, here's the way I boiled it down. Okay. And I'm fine and get a lot of mileage out of this. Okay. So the, the, essentially what you get is the intersection uh, of some developmental vulnerabilities, trauma, uh, adverse childhood events. Okay. You don't need to have those, but that sets you up for vulnerability, okay? You get yeah. a high trait neuroticism, which basically means your negative affect system fires off, stays up, difficult to soothe, okay? Yeah. We'll have certain kinds of vulnerabilities. You get beliefs about the way you and the world ought to be, okay? Yeah. And then a, re- a particular kind of relational conflict, text, okay? Yeah. And essentially, then you get negative situations triggering negative feelings, and then all many different types of structures want to come in from a higher order, be aware of this system. And then of what I call the ABCs now of the triple negative is avoid it. Oh, God, get that up. I Man, it can't happen. Blame, blame self. I can't believe I caused that. Blame yeah. other. Okay. Yeah. Or try to then control it to make, to say this is never going to happen again. Okay? Right. So now you're basic, and that all those things make sense. I mean, it's a negative feeling, negative situation. You don't want to deal with it. Somebody's yeah. to blame, and you want to control it. Okay. Right. But the way we do it in the context of our what we're really designed for relative to the societies we're in, all of that is very vulnerable in certain relationship and identity contexts to turn into water on a grease fire logic. Yeah. Right? Yeah. Where it's like totally. actually the way you're avoiding this. You really need to encounter the negative feeling and process it so you become whole rather than taking this issue and jamming it in a closet and then being afraid of it. Now you have secondary fear of it. Now you didn't learn from the incident. Now you have to be afraid of everything that triggers it. So you're really vulnerable if you now engage in avoidance. Okay? Yeah. Totally. If you engage in blame, blame self, you're going to diminish yourself and create character attributions that are problematic and make yourself weaker. Right. Mm. You blame other people, they're going to get defensive, you're going to be tense, they're going to be blaming you back, and now you're going to be in conflict that way. You know? mm. And then often if you try to control it, well, that's, that's the active water of the breeze fire. No, this can't be. No, I shouldn't have feelings. No, this is going on. When in fact, you know, the leg already got cut off. You know, if we do, yeah. you know, you know? Yeah. Like actually yeah. the leg got cut off, you know, and you, can, yeah. and you can't put it back on. You know? That's the situation right. you're in, and yet yeah, it fucking hurts. Um, right. But the system's like, no, I can't tolerate that. That's uh, I can't lose fucking light, so I have to yeah. control it. So that's what you see is you see, I'm going to block it, I'm going to blame, I'm going to control. And that's really, that makes the psyche so much more vulnerable. Right. Locked, okay. blamed, control. And then it yeah. just builds this fragile structure, it drives the system in to increasing double by, I'm doing little, for folks that are not watching, I'm doing a little Chinese finger trap. <laughs> yeah which is the classic yeah. double bind at, at a cone level uh cohen right and you're just sort of like actually the other task is to get meta on it and metacognitive observer right mm-hmm. get meta on it see a multiplicity of different perspectives and learn a different way to be in relationship to the negative feeling negative thought 
right and, and calms a you know the calm mo things like oh hey you know we can be curious accepting loving motivated toward valued states of being circling circling is a is a relational context a relational context for that for building intimacy and growth and purpose yeah, in yeah, the real yeah. in the real shit of when shit is real and that's often negative it's like how do we actually right. hold that and be together with with growth and purpose and reality and empathy totally yeah because i see it oftentimes i see in circles double binds kind of get real it's it's always this sense of like there's nothing more freeing it's so it's the strangest is on one level it's a big cognitive dissonance but emotionally it's not at all like when they see that they're in a double bind there's something so relieving about that right because it just explains, first of all, because I think at that moment, something meta opened up other than double bind, everything else became possible, right? So that the feeling of elation, I've known this, I've noticed this with a lot of, you could say negative in like negative psychological insights about yourself. You can mm. find out awful things mm-hmm. like I've turned the whole world into my mother and have yes. been trying to fix her with all my relationships, right? It's like an awful contextual thing right but like the the context of liberation that opens up right in oh. seeing that right and double binds seem to have an extra mm. oomph that particular thing that's really interesting you know, in, in particular yeah. right right well it's it is totally the case that um well we deal with this all the time like if you come at somebody well, you know that you're turning the world into your mother, and that's part of the reason you're suffering. People are just like, fuck you. <laughs> you know, they, they will resist the, the implications, the blame. You know, if it's a context of that, if they come at it from the side, right, if they get sort of that meta perspective and somehow are in the mindset where they're seeing themselves as the, you know, they've shifted the object-subject relation, and now they're looking at themselves, and now they have this curious hope that maybe there's a flexibility and perspective and they need insight and then they see it right in yeah. that case then it's the insight that oh my god this is true and uh, and now the implication that i do this that i am a part of this um and then i can now see this from this different perspective that so it's so fa- one of the most fascinating questions is what are the real dynamics of when is it liberating to learn this and how do we create a context where it's liberating and when is it devastating you know, and shame inducing and defensive, you know, because you could uh-huh. go on that head on and people are like, you know, fuck you. Right. Or, you know, totally. Um, or oh. you're, it's not really a double bind. It's this. And it's like, fuck you. This is I can't do this. And I can't do this. What are you saying? You know, there'll be, yeah. be all yeah. the psychic defense system will be really activated and they'll be doubling down on the reality that they face and why they have to do what they're doing. Uh, as opposed to yeah. the, what John and I were talking about is different context creates a reciprocal opening of meta possibilities with flexibility and adaptation and how to get that mindset in one, in that second place, as opposed to the first, that's a really totally. It seems like um, it's, I heard, I heard John, uh, what was it? I I forget what his name was. Somebody who does something called Aletheia coaching or something. Yes. Uh, I'm going to blank on his name, but I know exactly what you're talking about. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. His, I like the language that he used, right? Where he was talking about de- like do, working with a part, 
right? A part of you that becomes kind of solidified, yep. right? And that you, you start, well, one, you just identified it as a part of you. And then, then you go into a po kind of more a, a, a poetic attunement with it, right? And it's this where you start to understand why it's there. It's you, like you start to have empathy for it and it makes sense. And what starts to happen is as you go into attunement with it, it softens, right? So it's kind of, and then as it softens, you go into more of this kind of reciprocal experiential. I like the way that he put it. It was uh, like Grenlin, uh, Eugene Grenlin's work, right? Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. But, but he says what he called it was, um, saying what you're feeling and feeling what you're saying cycles right yep. of this process of the an emptying out of that structure starts to be a, a new presence starts to come in Very right new qualities you can actually feel virtues start to come up right and stuff yep. like that but this idea of this softening part right where something's hard and it softens that part seems to be the the thing that gets the whole thing moving, right? Totally. Yeah. So here's the way uh, I believe this is a really crucial thing. And I, and I try to emphasize when we find, I often use the word mode, uh, a mode of your being, uh, but part is very good too. Okay? Uh, and the idea is that basically you're, you're a collection of modes and desires okay, that are trying to solve certain kinds of problems in the living. Okay. Uh, you have sexual desires trying to solve a certain kind of, <laughs> get laid, okay? But, but there are other kinds of desires that are like, okay, manage standards and avoid this fear and watch your judgment of other people and things like that, okay? Mm -hmm. uh, and then they take on particular personas because the way in which you learn them is you sort of internalize particular roles and then they become a part that have this sort of investment, influence, justification structure, okay? Yeah. Uh, and, but the way in which people live, and this is Eric Burns' transactional analysis uh, that turns the ego, uh, superego id into a child uh, and a parent and a, a critical parent, usually a vulnerable child and a healthy adult. Okay? These are very common modes that people would have. Uh, and we can see the child, sort of an impulsive, you know, feeling system uh, that wants certain things, can get vulnerable. You get a critical parent, an internalized standard that's anticipating the judgment of the other. Okay. So it's a very, of the parts that I see, uh, that the lots of different variations can emerge. I do do parts work explicitly sometimes. I do internal family systems. But the most mm -hmm. common mode conflict that I see is this Eric Byrne version of an interject critic and a wounded child version. And so the yeah, critic yeah. is really pissed off it's anticipating the judgments others says, if you want to amount to anything, do this, that, and the other, why the hell do you do this, that, and the other? And this is internalized battle of a critic and a child. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. And then you have this ego that's like kind of watching this. <laughs> it's like, what is this? Okay. Um, <laughs> right. You know, and why do I do this to myself? Or I just try to avoid it. That almost dissociates. It's really, is yeah. this, um, so what I try to help the person do, the first thing is I try to help them do is get perspective. So I often will do like, uh, the, what I call the restaurant exercise. Okay. Mm -hmm. So the restaurant exercise is that you imagine yourself in one of those uh, urban restaurants, you know, where there's no space between the tables. Okay. Yeah. yeah. And I, I put the healthy ego at one table. Okay. And then I put the critical parent and the child at the other. Okay. And you yeah. can't help but overhear. Okay? Yeah. Yeah. Totally. And then I say, play it out, you know, 
Okay. Yeah. And then, okay, so the child starts whining and is disruptive. And then the parent's like, what the hell are you doing? Get yourself together. Why can't you do this? I said, all right, you know, get into that. You know, get that mode. Yeah. Like, do we? Right. You know? right. Um, and then, and then what I want to do is I want to then, then, now you ask, one of the things is the hardening. Okay. So the mm -hmm. hardening is found in the tensions between them. The child wants its thing. It wants either yeah. you know, validation, even as it does a shitty job, or it wants protection, yeah. or it wants freedom to do what it wants, or it can be also, you know, right. irritable and impulsive and all that. And it wants all that fucking freedom. It's, you know, more primitive, animalistic gratification, more vulnerability. The parent, critical parent, wants you to get social influence. It wants you to live up to standards. It wants you to it's internalize the moral judgment about what your value is. And it wants you to live up to those things. Okay? Yeah. And yeah. by definition, the parent-child isn't in some ways, at least has a, is vulnerable to not. So now, what do you have? You have a tense rigidness of a child trying to do stuff and a parent trying to control it and then pulling against each other hard. Right? Yeah. You know? yeah yeah and and now you're now you're now you're in a stuck situation where the kid's going to pull and the parent's going to pull back and now you're and they're justifying each other in dialectic tension ha pulling hard yeah you know? yeah and then if i would imagine if somebody comes into relation with them what they'll that that tension will be projected out into conflict with the other person right okay. you see that all time right and it, right yeah. and even indeed the healthy ego is like why are you guys doing this and then they're like fuck you we're gonna do our thing and everybody if you get right. stuck into it then you just become another polar structure okay yeah 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 but if you enter into each one of their systems and help understand them what they're trying to do at least okay mm -hmm. what do they want you know the kid wants to be known and seen and valued in a particular way Okay. Yep. What does the parent want? The kid, parent wants the kid actually to be valued by other people. Yeah, the meta outcome is yeah. good. Yeah, you know, it's like okay, wait, yeah. wait, you're doing this because you love your kid in some way. Yeah, yeah. You want to protect them from the harshness and truth of reality. Reality sucks, and people can be assholes, and they will judge your ass. And if you think you're going to be just get off by being vulnerable and whiny and impulsive, you're wrong. People will judge your ass. I am here to protect you. I'm here to tell you like it fucking is yeah okay that's what that parent yeah. usually is doing it's like i'm here to tell you the yeah. truth and i'm here to protect you it's better if i hit you than the world hits you yeah metaphorically okay yeah but, so yeah. Like, okay so what you're doing is you're laying the truth out on the line you're telling what the standards are and you're trying to get that system to listen so that it's better down the road mm -hmm. right yeah right what trying to do so as if that parent starts to feel that it's being seen for what it's trying to do, you will feel it looser. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because it's like, yes, this is the spring tension. In Jai dynamic yeah. terms, there's a spring tension that I'm trying to push down on, which is the standards of the world yeah. and the protection and the reality of the truth. And if you right. negate me and just say, well, you're being an abusive parent, stop being such an asshole, the parent says, fuck you, okay. you don't understand. You will not understand and you'll miss my whole point of being. Yeah, yeah. But if yeah. you tell me what my point of being is and it resonates, then I'll be like, okay, now we at least are talking about what it is that I'm trying to represent. You know, yeah. okay, I can be seen at that level and I can be like, my justification is going to be heard and it can be yeah. held. And if you get enter it and empathize with it, it's like, yeah, that's what I'm after. 
totally. Okay. Okay. That makes sense. Actually, you're not a bad person for being after that, you know? Right. 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 So it's kind of like the, in this, in this case, the parental role, right. Or part is, and with people too, it's when you see their point and, and there's a sense of what it, they get the sense of, because you saw their point, you must, it must matter to you that you, that what they care about. Mm-hmm. Exactly. Both, right. well, and that you both know it, so you're not ignorant yeah. of it. You don't, right. you know, if you don't understand right. me, you just try to eliminate yeah. me. I, and that I am still, that you see me as a good person. Almost essentially, yeah. the person system needs to be justified. Okay. Yeah. Like, yeah. no one goes yeah. around saying, everything I say is untrue and, and harmful. Nobody justifies their life as like, I lie and am harmful. That's what I call bad false <laughs> totally. justification. Exactly. And you can't right. do it, actually. You cannot actually try it. You're like, this is totally yeah, untrue and will hurt you. Believe, you know, I'm supporting yeah. this. And actually, you're like, yeah. the whole system is like, so every justification system is either going to be grounded in a truth claim or a value claim or some mix. Okay. Yeah. It's going to want to be then true and good at some level. Either, well, yeah. yeah, I'm a piece of shit, but that's because the world's a piece of shit and I'm here to tell you the truth. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Justified there. But, you know, totally. the system, if you don't, if this is what the whole justice says, is that if you come at it and you don't speak it, you activate the psychological defense of the lockdown of the I don't need to listen yeah. to you and I'd be rejecting you just like an alien body uh, an alien foreign invader is rejected by the immune system of the body yeah totally 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 yeah that sense of just that you know how the way heidegger talks about the sign or human being is kind of like that it's main it's what makes the hyphens and being in the world is care right right? like it's hard to really get any it's hard to even talk about a human being that doesn't presuppose a, just a fundamental sense of a care, right? That totally. that discloses the world in a particular way. And I've noticed that there's something about if you see that disclosure and you really want to know how it's occurring for them, that um, like it's it's almost like we know. It's almost like human beings know that that can only show up for you as if we're, if you are on some level caring about my world, right? The fact that I'm attending to it is a caring about the world. The fact that like you're attending to what's important to me is caring about me. And that, that, that particular thing seems to open up or soften or make all this other stuff possible. That's not possible because you're talking about that that sense of like what makes the difference between yep. laying it out all in front of you, right? And you going, yep. ah, right? Yep. Or or you actually defending against the truth, right? Yes. Uh, of it, right? Okay. That kind of sense of care seems to be just so, 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 so fundamental. Okay. Right? Yeah. I mean, and I would say that uh, here's a couple of things that I'm coming up as you say that. So one of the things I built a behavioral investment theory before I knew anything about Heidegger. Okay? I was yeah. not well-versed in yeah. philosophy, quite frankly. Okay? Right. Embarrassingly right. so, actually. Um, now, right. better. Okay. I'm better now, guy. Um, 
Yeah. But, but um, so what behavioral investment theory says is actually we should think about the structure of the nervous system, yes, as an information processing system, but to do what to as an investment value system. Yeah, yeah. An investment totally. value system to for the animal to contact the environment yeah. and orient its vector of attention okay. yeah. uh, and, yeah. and distribute work effort as a function of value. Right, right, right. Now, if you and, want to summarize that in one word, care <laughs> is mm -hmm. a pretty good word to summarize that. So when I yeah. heard Heidegger framing being in the world in relationship to that one word, care, which he's, mm -hmm. of course, coming out from a philosophical, ontological, embodiment yeah. kind of perspective in the phenomenological tradition, it's really fascinating. Yeah. I'm coming to this evolutionary phylogenetic attending as a clinical psychologist to the psychic phenomenology, but also grounded very, in this sort very of function. similar places. It's like, yeah. Huh, you know? So at a theory yeah. level, there's this issue of, okay, care. And then mm -hmm. at a relationship influence level, this whole issue came to me in terms of, oh my God, we have to be wary whether people are manipulating us in social influence, like instrumentally, yeah. or whether yeah. they care about us in terms of relational value. They care about our essence. Yeah. Right? And that, yeah. and how that goes is the process of, you, you call it person-making, right? That's well, how we become persons. Well, the, the, there's a couple issues there in terms of the, our network into the relational field. We're tracking, uh, we do this as unique primates that can track others. Okay, this is yeah. Tomasello's work, and I can internalize yeah. you and internalize me, and we immediately know how to participate with each other. Okay, yeah. and this sets the stage for us to become persons because it yeah. creates yeah. an implicit intersubjective field between us that I think is much richer than uh, even chimpanzees and bonobos have. Okay, Tomasello's yeah. work yeah. suggests yeah. this. So I can internalize you, track you, and create an implicit intersubjective field. Uh, mm -hmm. I sometimes call this mind to be where mind too is my subjective field, which is not really directly accessible. But when you and I know each other and you are able to track my eyes and you know me personally, you really yeah. get a sense that you know that what's behind the eyes and there's enough iterative yeah. process that it's like, okay, I know you in relationship to me and we dance together. And there really is this sense of intersubjective field. Uh, the yeah. intersubjective psychoanalytic people like Stolarov will dialogue about this a, a lot in terms of the right. felt created transference, counter-transference, iterative process. Okay? So what, I, what that means is, is there's a core animal investment of care, then there's this primate dynamic, and then to a hominid dynamic about the relational implicit structure of care, okay? Yeah. And then the question yeah. is, are you manipulating me for your own gain, that's social influence, or do you have relational value for me, okay? Yeah. Meaning that you actually, well, I am part, you've internalized my well-being as part of your well-being. Right? Yeah. yeah. And then you care. If you have empathy and alignment with me, then that will be a signal, okay, that I can basically reciprocate and let you in <laughs> yeah. to the system. Totally. Right? Totally. Because then totally. you will be an ally and our interest will be, my, your interest will be my interest and you may help me see the world a particular way. If, on yeah. the other hand, you have your own perspective and you basically just want me to shut the hell up and go away or take my yeah. shit, right? Or yeah. just, in totally. other words, bullshit me and get me to sell you something, you know, or you sell me something. Well, then you're influencing me, but you don't care. Yeah. Right? 
Because so you, you can start to you can start to get where betrayal mm. is is like almost everything to, to unbelievably what you're central, right? To what yeah. this betrayal means, you've let it into the system, and then it did something that you then relied on, and then it obliterated when you're like, oh my god, I should have been defended against it, and now I don't know everywhere. I it can be I'm infected anywhere, right? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. The defense system of what cares inside of you now is is obliterated, and now is it is it now I love this other person like I love them? Are they going to betray me? I mean, now yeah. when you get betrayed like that, the entire structure. Then your own personhood comes into question. Right. Your own thoughts about what the truth is or isn't. Oh my God! Comes into question. The it entire structure. Yeah. Be, you know, total chaos inducing bitterness, and then cognitively chaotic in terms of what's justifiable. And, what does this mean yeah. and how do I sense make? Right, right. Yeah, it was Adi Da. Hmm. Adi Da said, he's, he, is, um, he was a nut. <laughs> or he was completely enlightened and-, and Well, I, right, I know or, Wilbur loved him and I know my friend uh, Andre Marquis told me a lot about him. He followed him for a while. So I got a sense yeah. of who this character was, but I, I, yeah. I was not a big, uh, I never was deeply in, uh, involved with it but anyway yes yeah I, totally neither, neither was i neither was i but but i had some friends that like gave me some some talks he gave but he mm. says he says this interesting thing about he says the self contraction arises out of the mood of betrayal mm. mm -hmm. right mm -hmm. like nice yep he has some interesting language like the self contraction right yep. where, where the contraction and the self are mutually reciprocal, right? And that all contraction arises out of the mood of, of betrayal. And you can kind of get it, like when you break it down more specifically, like what you do here, right? Because if my only, if, if I can't trust you, but then I can't trust the thinking that trusted you, right? Then anything that I look at is suspect, right? So now I can't trust me and I can't trust my thinking, right? And that keeps going. Like the, it seems like the only, the only thing I have is to tighten, right? Yep. Like I just get the sense of just, just pucker. Yep, totally. <laughs> right? And start fights <laughs> <right>, maybe. <laughs> right. Uh, as yeah, hard as you can just push right yeah <laughs> totally totally the whole self could arise out of that right yeah yeah well that's so congruent uh metaphorically at least and i and i think really uh functionally as well but um with what we were talking about in the psyche pathology thing certainly john's fundamental uh, emphasis uh was the dynamic iterative process of you know, reciprocal realization, uh, recursive realization that would either narrow you into a constricted, tighten, ever tightening field of insistence yeah, yeah. that, you know, much of which is, you know, trapped by double bind, trapped by a particular emphasis, you know, the, the, and, you know, I'm betrayed and then I have to do this and I have to do this. And, and the solutions just box you further and further in to a particular loop function. That's then increasingly constricted around that tightness, um, yeah. which basically the process itself then condemns you to stay there. 
almost no matter yeah. what's now happening, you're basically locked in. So the, the, the environment can change, but you're going to be very vulnerable to not being able to see that in relation. And you certainly then can't take whatever it was that started this and get yourself meta out of it when you're trapped in that type of constriction. Right. Right, 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 totally. So, and the idea then that betrayal would be one of the kinds of um, infections or potentially a thematic central infection that would lead to that is a really interesting, I hadn't, hadn't thought about it in those terms, but I can totally see at a thematic level, because then it's a betrayal myself of and other in the world. And then yeah. once you're, you know, uh, the fundamental assumptions, actually, I remember uh, my mentor Beck, okay, who could be really loving, but could be an asshole, and God, God rest in peace, okay. Um, but I, I really, he, one of the things that when he got pissed at me, he would jump and basically be like, "Greg, you made an assumption. You know, you know what assumptions do? They make an ass of you and me." Right? And then you know, you're like, "Okay, right. you know." Right. It's like, you know, you hang up the phone, and because I'm pretty analytic, you know, I'll sort of basically be like. Okay, so what you're telling me, <laughs> you know, my, my sort of metabolized rage goes into like, so what yeah. you're telling me is you and I can't make assumptions about the world, okay? Yeah. Do you know that yeah. actually, if you take that on face value, we're actually completely paralyzed um, yeah. about the world, you know? I assume yeah. that, I'm, that uh, you know, a plane is not going to come through here. If it did, yeah. I would want to be running in the building. So should I run from the building or not? Because I assume that there's no plane coming through the window. You know, uh, if I were actually question every assumption that I made in relationship to the world, I would be completely paralyzed. I would have lost all trust in yeah. anything. Um, yeah. And so that's reminding me of that at a number of levels. It's reminding me of sort of the, okay, both he had the bodily impact of actually creating an enormous amount of anxiety in me. <laughs> yeah. 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 And the intellectual yeah. piece was like, you know what that comment does? It basically undermines me and makes me across the entire structure of being because you can always yeah. bring that up anytime something goes wrong. Of course, you've made assumptions because oh. you're always making assumptions. <laughs> totally. Totally. Yeah. Totally. Oh, yeah. It's <laughs> really cool. That's where it becomes tricky to have an analytical mind, right? <laughs> right. It becomes tricky, right? That <laughs> it's, it's, it's interesting. The thing I've noticed. I think both from just being in multiple dimensions of hell over and over again throughout my life myself and <laughs> watching people being in that kind of hell of that having just had a betrayal and that deep breaking of internal trust essentially oh, through that thing is it's still I guess it's the same thing it's like the same thing we were just talking about is like well what because by by one definition there's no way out of that right it's just yeah. this it's this thing but it's but if if that can be articulated and spoken back and said right mm -hmm. it becomes obvious that that is a painful thing and it should be a painful thing and that they're feeling that pain about this and they can trust that right yeah. it's like it's that thing. And that's one of the things I've noticed, which I, where I just, in so many times, I started realizing, like, I'm in a place where this is the constant recognition of the most awful thing. And there's nothing I can do about it. In fact, knowing about it is just an 
an exhib an exhibition of forever being in an awful situation thing, right? Right. And and the thing that I the thing that it's like the through line that I was able to take solace in is that that it was painful, right? Was right. Yes. Right. Yeah. Yes. And like that, it was painful meant that there was something not like that pain was indication. It, it was a connection to reality. And then it could kind of bootstrap itself up again. Right. And that is such, I mean, that's essentially the triple negative neurotic loop insight too. I mean, it's exactly that insight. It's sort of like negative situation, negative feeling then is right. The negative feeling yeah. is right. Yeah. Not to yeah. be avoided, blamed or controlled about it's to be validated. It's just to be sad in. It's just to be seen. Totally. totally. Okay. Which I really want, I've said this a number of times, but I really want everyone to listen to what Guy said. I mean, and I've said it in my own case, but you just said it brilliantly in your own way. And now think about what that means about the way we medicalize depression and anxiety. Mm -hmm. Yeah. It, it yeah. means you're, you, you shouldn't be feeling this negative feeling. There's something wrong with you for feeling it. You have a disease or disorder. You need to have a negative reaction to your negative feelings. You know, um, And I'll admit it's complicated and there's a network, but damn, yeah. do we absolutely need to know how to align our negative feelings to negative situations and do exactly what you said, which is to ground yeah. ourselves in the reality of that relation and not be yeah. in denial about it, but yeah, actually yeah. be have the capacity to accept it and be present right. with it and own it and then work from there, from that truth. Yes. And in that, and in that sense, it's like, I'm thinking about this, I guess what you're talking about, like when you go, it's because it, because a lot of the, the, the trust that's broken in betrayal in this example that we're using is like, ends up being a self betrayal because I can no longer trust my judgment of the yep. right. And that, if that goes in there deeper, right. Then everything starts to be undermined. Right. And that, that is hell. And it feels bad. Right. That feeling bad, right. Is in some sense animating its intelligibility, right. That there's a structural functional whole. And if you can identify it, you're also implicitly opening up to everything else, right? Yes. If you can feel bad about this situation, that badness you can trust, right? And if you can trust that, you can start to rebuild and catch it again, right? And, it, you know, build back so, up. There's something I, about that there's a solace, there's a certain kind of dignity and pain, yes. right? Yeah, I'm thinking about my own, so in, as many people know, in 2000. Uh, 19 in November, um, I encountered a clash with my program. Uh, yeah. And that clash with my program uh, was a classic, I experienced as a classic betrayal in a particular kind of way. Right. Um, and I'm thinking about applying this in, in relationship to what I went through, because um, certainly it fits in the sense that there was a, um, a constricting and a narrowing and a chasing around a particular circle. And this is even when I got a COM MO flashlight available and I did try to do that, but there was definitely, you know, this hit me in myself and it created a cascade in a particular way that was, um, and I'm trying to think about, okay, and I tried to do this and this was really interesting 
And, and I certainly came out of it and got reconsolidated, but I still also feel vulnerable. If, if Poseidon fucks me around, <laughs> I'm sure I'm capable of doing back into this. You know, hell can find you. <laughs> right, right, right. You know, at least certainly me, I'm still, I mean, I feel pretty robust, but, I, you know, if the wrong set of events happens, I'll be tossed and be yeah. very at the mercy of life very quickly. Yeah. Um, and, and I'm trying to figure out sort of, so what happens is negative things happen, you feel negative, and you start to, for me, it was the implication of all of this. So part of what was going on was then the negative feeling do, does drive a desire to avoid, to blame, to control, okay, if we apply that. And then the real wisdom trick is to sort of like, okay, how do I maintain the negative feeling, negative situation, honor that, okay? And when it's serious, and mine was not catastrophically serious, but it was intense and it had a lot of meaning, yeah. that to try to hold that without basically being like, I need to, you know, I need to write this. I need to prevent more catastrophe. I need to, this needs to be contained. This is unjust. There's wrong things going on. You know, yeah. and there, this has bigger yeah. implications. One of the things that I really struggled with um, in retrospect, in terms of kind of going crazy was, and I still to this day is a tricky thing, although I'm super glad the way it worked out. But part of what happened to me was that I saw this as a fractal. Okay. The fractal was mm. what was happening to me was happening to, frankly, white men of a certain kind in the academy. And I know, yes. this, you know that the knives were coming out in a particular context and the chain, the rules had changed. And because of the history, basically it was like, yeah, we're done with any, you know, sort of like, you know, we're not really going to think about the spirit of this. If somebody complains, you're a problem. <laughs> you know, that's yeah. basically. The yeah. Story. Yeah. And then yeah. I was primed to be in a way that that's no, no one would be that way. And I can be myself and like, no, <laughs> you know, and then what happened yeah. was it was like, for me, what happened was then it was like, oh my God, if I don't fight back against this, okay, if I don't then, if I don't do something, okay, to, you uh, know, make this, I will be complicit and I, my little fractal will be a bad part of the bad scenario. So one of yeah, the things yeah. that went made me crazy was a part of me was trying to jack it up to be mm. the one that would bring attention to it. It's like, okay, this is the, I, people should see this. You know, I'm gonna, yeah. I'm gonna make this an issue. And I do yeah, think yeah, this yeah. is one of the things I see this in when people get really depressed. It's like, you know, no, I'm gonna, I'm gonna feel shitty and then I'm gonna act shitty to give honor this shittiness or I'm gonna do yeah. this as a way to embody it and say, fuck you to the world because I need to do this. And it is yeah. figuring out what that is and how to hold that I think is a really, you know, clinically, I struggle with that all the time. I want to give honor to that. And I'm also like, well, you do that down the road. Just like if I had done it and blown it up in a certain way, my system yeah. would have been much less healthy <laughs> down the road. So it's a fascinating, you know, sort of like, okay, well, definitely hold the negative situation, negative feeling relation. When it's fairly oh. intense, it will hit you and then it will spread. And I was just thinking yeah. for me, hell was like, I didn't, it was a double bind. It's like, if I don't do this, I don't give myself integrity. I don't speak to larger issues. If I do, I blow up a lot of shit I value. It's like, oh my God, if I do nothing, I feel empty or confused or silenced. It was a really interesting thing. Yeah, totally. And what, 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 what happened? What, what do you, what, what, what did you end up doing? And how did that, how did you float out of that without being, completely um ex excluded ostracized with no self and no justification right 
I mean, without getting too many details, there was a series of events that happened so that I decided that I was, I was a boxed in loser, no matter what I did, meaning that I couldn't, that there were the, if I were to pull the, I was debating whether to sort of try to pull a blow up thing for good. And I, there was yeah. a series of events that happened that basically got me convinced that that option would just blow me up. And although it might get some, you know, little attention, it would just be a blow up and it wouldn't be part of a fractal thing that was healthy at all. Okay. Yeah. That yeah. helped consolidate my organized structure of strategy. And then I allowed myself to go into a, you know, neutered cave. Basically, mm-hmm. you know? Yeah. And, yeah. and then I think I basically licked my wounds as a neutered animal and was right. like, okay, uh, I'll come to terms. This is the path and I will build from this path. I will sit with my wounds, uh, you know, and honor the wounds that they are. You did it. Yeah. And then it sounds and, like you did just that on some and level. Then, and then, and then I will reconsolidate my identity where it was dependent upon this kind of structure. I'm going to reshift my identity so that this is a past issue dependency yeah. and i will reconsolidate yeah. on a different kind of ground and thankfully in terms of if we go to the betrayal i have not had too many betrayals in my life i've had a few yeah, right? yeah. but i have a yeah. pretty yeah. foundational attachment system i have a lot of network i've got pretty skilled in many domains and i've got a lot of connections so i'm super fortunate yeah. to have a network i of course work with a lot of people who are completely yeah. isolated very dependent on one system and then that implodes and then there isn't a backup system where you can then, okay, I'll reconsolidate, step into some resource and reboot because I have both the capacities and the social supports to do so. Instead, you lack capacity and support and then you wallow in the land of personality disorder and despair. Right. That's pretty brutal. Right. Right. But so, yeah, I reset and then was able to reconsolidate, shift the ground in which I'm now fertilizing, rooting myself and thankfully have Found. In fact, the whole meta-modern world is really the meta-modern world is is really my people now, where it was the CI program before. You know, yeah. it was just sort of okay. My yeah. identity now is oh, I'm really attached to whatever this is. Uh, meta-modern is just a, really a placeholder for it, as far as I'm yeah. concerned. Totally. Well, that's just a lesson, just in terms of <laughs> so many, <laughs> so many things about what you just described in all of that, and I. So it's not, and it does sound like to me that when you said, well, when you realized that you had to basically, that there was no way out of this, right? Yeah. Um, and that's what I literally said. I said, I'm in a cage. I'm in a cage and there, it's locked. You're yeah. in a cage and it's locked. And you, and, and you can grab a hold of the bars at this juncture and burn your hands because they're heated bars, you know? Yeah. And you could shake, but you're oh, in a basement God. in a cage. So there's nowhere to go. Totally. In this context. And so you took the cave and you made it a licking spot. Mm -hmm. Right. Right. And like went into that. Right. And recalibrated things. Right. In such a way that. I mean, arguably, like you're in a better spot than you were. Like. Definitely. In the beginning. Right. Definitely. Yeah. That's what's fascinating for me. And, and, and again, it's really, well, you know, uh, if you have a real, if you have a pretty rich portfolio, the nice yeah. thing about being, re- you get to be resilient and robust when you have a rich portfolio. Okay. So yeah. uh, it's sort of, if you want to use a stock analogy, yeah. One of my super important stocks crashed, 
and, and I wanted to save it and I thought it was totally unfair and I can't believe this happened. And, but, and, and, and then I got to a place where that's, but thankfully it's like, but that's a, just a stock. That's not my entire portfolio, you know, and that's where right. I was lucky where I could be, right. if I was really a person in a cage, <laughs> as my entire body's in a cage, like in, yeah. in medieval Europe, and that's all I am. Yeah. You know, I don't, I don't know that I get salvation. You know, here it's a symbolic no, no. cage where I actually no, no. have all sorts of freedom and good Absolutely. food, and I can get drunk and get, you know, do what I need. Yeah. So I mean, you know, it's not like I'm some monk. You know, it's like a, it is the case yeah. that I was able. But, but a lot of people do have trouble when they get, you know, ego yeah. injuries and pride, and reputation injury, and and challenge about things you people you trust, and you know, it drives a lot of people into real, you know, yeah. real misery. Um, and it drove me into misery for a while, but I definitely was able to put a basement. I definitely consolidated. I definitely licked my wounds and I definitely then shifted my portfolio and, and yeah. grew from it there. I was, I, yeah. I also made a commitment. I said, listen, this was a combination. And I certainly have my justification of blame externally, but I look at myself and I didn't do uh, what I wanted to do. And then I asked myself, I said, you know, what are the kind of virtues you're weak on and did they contribute? Okay. And I'm, yeah. I am, I'm weak on humility. <laughs> you know, yeah. I have, I carry yeah. a particular, I mean, I think I developed a unified theory of knowledge. I think I actually see the world better than other people, almost bar none. Yeah. That's that kind of edge. Um, and, right. and that I'm living that in a particular way that actually deserves more accolades than it is given. And now people are giving me this and it's like, you know, I'm bringing my edge to that yeah. and I'm not doing it empathetically and I'm doing it yeah. modestly and with my little adolescent ego, even though I try to, you know, say I'm all wise, but I'm still carrying this, you know, immodest adolescent ego. And I, I knew yeah. that about myself. And then I could see in this context, Hey, you, you live that. And that was part of the fire. You, your edge was part of the fire. Okay. You know? Yeah. Let's smooth that right. off. You know, and right. look, you think you're all that, Look what happened to you. You didn't think you, you know. Right. So it was a humbling experience. And then yeah. I knew that humility was something. So I, you know, I looked at the elephant sun god and said, All right, <laughs> you know, beside right. me, the elephant sun gods, you guys are bigger than I am. <laughs> you know, I'm just a person and I'll I'll you know, I'm just that's what I am. Right. Anything other than right. And uh, right. I'm certainly no superman. Right. So there it is. And yeah. I can right. lesson learned. And uh, yeah. Yes. And like I said, you know, next time I happen, I'll go right down into this. Like, okay, I'm beaten. You know, I world's bigger than I am. And I know that. I, so I carry yeah. humility perhaps in a way. Uh, and I think that that was one of the pieces that did allow me to, you know, grow into an aspect of virtue. That's how I framed it. First. Totally. And you're saying, and you're saying too, I, I appreciate your acknowledging too. It's like, yeah, you've, you have a network of relations around you that you've built up over the years, right? And, and that is, see, this is, this is, this is, see, see it's, it's, it's really interesting to think about this, Craig, right? Of, of where, if you're, it, it, human life has got at least a few, like a few of those are going to come just by oh. virtue of being alive, right? But like, that network of relations is the difference that makes that difference between what kind of prison that was, right? Oh, God. In some sense, right? Totally. That is, um, I, it's so funny because I'm, I'm, now that I'm fathering again an infant, right. I'm so much more uh, struck by 
like that almost the whole job is to really is really to afford him to have whatever he needs such that he can network in that kind of way right Mm -hmm. how to be liked socialized right Mm -hmm. like to be kind compassionate Mm -hmm. like funny socially coordinated right while honoring his own constitution all that kind of stuff right it's that network because if you don't have that network right and it seems really easy to not have that network well we know yeah right it's a beautiful for for very empathetic fuck (laughs) yeah totally yeah i know that that's been a hell of a you know in terms of your own life that the to, I, I, I just imagine, given how your, your level of empathy and your maturity, what is it like to bring a life into the world, given where you are in life? It's been really... Fucking wondrous. It's really wondrous, a lot. Like, I mean, I'm 50, so I don't have as much energy as I did when, in, my thir- you know, in my 30s. But, so it's, you know, there's definitely moments where I'm like, Jesus, this is a lot of fucking work, right? <laughs> Dude, I got, um, uh, I'll confess online, I got snipped, so... <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> I'm like, you know, there it is. I can empathize. I'm 51. <laughs> like, I know kids. you just fucking feed in your goddamn diaper. I think you can survive three more of those. I'm not fucking moving from the couch. <laughs> I'm too old for this. <laughs> Keep that looking at you, right? So there's that part, but like, there's the there's there's also this sense, this visceral sense when I'm tracking it a lot more, because it's more distinct for me, of how um, just, and I think this links to this network of relations, how by the time he says I, Mm. right, what he references when he says I, yes, right, is going to be complete, almost completely given by, or at least fully articulated into being by these relations. Exactly. All the way through, right? Totally. And depending on how that went, the way he references this and what, and what he finds will make him probably a big difference. Mm-hmm. Totally. Just really appreciating kind of like how intersubjectively relational we are, like all the way down. Like, and that that's to, to kind of get the sense of how much of that he just swims in, right? Mm. And then imagining him saying I, right? Yep. Now he's only got three words, which even that, even that, those three words that he has, he's got mama, data, and, and um, um, peanut butter. Huh. Yeah. That's an interesting theory. No, 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 no. mama, data, and um, not, not peanut butter, um, that's what I put the banana. I put peanut butter on my bananas, right? <laughs> but like, you can't quite even tell where that word started, right? Like, did it start because Brienne heard mama before I ever heard mama, right? Like, I'm like, I heard a babble and she'd be like, did you hear that? Right. right. And then was it her hearing that and responding? And then he just started mimicking that. And that's it. And then I was like, then I would start hearing it. And then it seemed like even like these word accusations were these intense slowing down and going totally. back and forth that happen in this inner, this transjective yeah. kind of totally. space. And yeah. just, to see, just to see that, 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 that we're at that at this most cellular level 
all the way down is just stunning, right? This is, so this is the hominid so self-other influence matrix. Yeah. 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 The hominid. The hominid self-other influence matrix. Yes. Okay? Yes. Which and is, by hominid, what, what is it? What, what are you emphasizing by so hominid? I'm emphasizing organism to animal yeah. to mammal to primate yeah. to our particular yeah. primate lineage. Okay. Got it. Okay. Got it. Yeah. Yeah, so, yeah, because yeah. we are very, we have, this is Michael Tomasello's work, okay, which yeah. I often reference, we have a capacity for implicit intersubjective we spacing, we space, yeah. okay, yeah, which is shared yeah. attention and intention, yeah, right? I can read where your attention is and what it wants, and I can sync up with it, yeah. Right? And totally. then that creates a shared investment care, but also now we yeah. need to navigate influence, meaning I can influence you and you can influence me. And how are we gonna yeah. do that? Cooperatively, competitively, how, what level of yeah. analysis? And then that's what mapped by the influence matrix, the fourth dimension, it's like, oh, it's an entire field of internal yeah. working models of self and other, pre-verbal, yeah. okay? That sits yeah. in a particular field of dance, participatory dance in right. the relational world. And it's out of that, that the person grows. This is where the person yeah. grows, okay? Yeah. The, the I yeah. justifier is gonna pull itself out of the influence right. matrix field. Right, right, totally. And it's so interesting because you think about on some level, you know, when, and I've noticed this a few times, like when he, he you know, when he goes through some growth spurt and he has some capacity and he throws himself off the couch, right, or something. <laughs> And like he has a break with reality, he freaks out. Where he looks is right into our eyes. Totally. Right? Until he gets self-regulated. Like right. he just knows. And that's stunning to think about that, right? Mm -hmm. Where he is, is in this. That's yeah. when he loses reality, he goes right. And he's, he's been like this since he was, I first saw this when he was like three, four months old, I think. Totally. That's why our record um, comes online. Yep. So there's just this knowing about that in his being that's so oriented to that, right? So, that's just crazy, crazy fascinating when you, when you think about this. But then just kind of like to think about it in terms of, so essentially, and because our dependent nature, I mean, we're the most useless dependent things in the, as, 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 by, by far, right? By fucking For a far. long ass time. Yeah, totally. So like that second womb is this intersubjective hominid thing that you just kind of talked about, right? And then by the time like you start to individuate and you're able to have a stable sense of self and you say, I, that I is gonna be on some like spoken poetically, but also technically is like that I is the beloved, mm. right? And so then, then growing up, right? Like apparently, like when you grow up, and this is what what um, Chris Master Petro said when I was talking about this with him. It's like, yeah, and traditionally, you grow up, right? And in that that the beloved is supposed to move out from the parents mm -hmm. and onto God, mm -hmm. right? Yeah. And then that relationship onto God is then you become the lover, and then you mm -hmm. have a kid, right? Yep. And this whole thing goes on. Yep. 
I don't know what I don't know what that says about now where it goes. <laughs> right? Totally. Well, then, right. And so that's the traditional model. And then you get the oral indigenous model where you're basically born into at least the network hunter-gatherer community generally is a community of love itself. Uh, yeah. So historically, you really get born into the love of the tribe, as it were, and, and really yeah. an animistic love of spirit. If you look at many of the wisdom traditions and in industrial systems. So and then that got consolidated. Civilization got abstract and God ends up, you know, taking a particular kind of role because civilizations have yeah. to justify at higher orders of abstraction, but they yeah. still afford a particular kind of legitimizing network of care, okay, yeah. across a particular yeah. stack that has intergenerational yeah. health and, and rejuvenation potential, okay? Now, they've got yeah. all sorts of problems, but it's got intergenerational health and rejuvenation. I think that the modernity structure with, as Nietzsche's like, you yeah. know, you guys killed God and you don't know what you've done, yeah, and and we and really then reductive mechanical explanations for the world becoming dominant. Well, you're really just a bunch of chemicals, right? And then yeah. instrumental capitalism, where we shift from relational value to basically who can acquire money, which is a symbol of instrumental influence. You know, money's interchangeable. You have money, I have money. There's no relational value. It's just fucking social influence. Okay. Yeah. There's all of those things take the fundamental, what's supposed to be the embodied network of care at its core, independent of the sort of like what you can do, but how you can be, and then yeah. create a relational being structure. And we're obliterating that in a particular way and, and yeah. doing it with, yeah. with a lot of danger. Uh, and I think that the fundamental structure of anxiety and the meaning crisis and the mental health crisis and the explosion of mental health problems in youth Okay, which we can document explosion of mental health problems in youth okay. is, is really tied to these kinds of analyses and can be really seen very clearly through them. Right, right. right. And you're just, we can take a second, like maybe, maybe the rest of the time we can, we can talk about this. I'm curious about what your sense of how to respond to that situation. Like what, what, what is your sense of what you, what needs to happen? How do you think it can happen? If you, if you think it could happen. Right. Well, um, you know, uh, the, it's an, the, the hyper object that is reality is, is so unbelievably complicated that, well, uh, I have notions, but first let me leave with humility. <laughs> yeah. Totally, okay. totally. Yes, 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 yes. It's like, totally. It's way more complicated than my. Viper. <laughs> yeah, right. it's, a, you know, it's way more complicated than my. I'm reasonably good at certain systemic analyses, and the systems tend more times more complicated than my ability to track it. I do have diagnosed a problem. We're in a massive problem. We're in a chaotic, fragmented pluralism. Things are changing tremendously. It's outside of our hominid structure. Our justification systems are exploding. Our technologies are exploding, alienating us. Things spiraling. So that is certainly my diagnosis. I believe we know that. Okay. Yeah. Um, we're also innovating unbelievably fast. So that gives us all sorts of different potential and opening up all sorts of potentials. And people are seeing it and people have the capacity to make adjustments and self-centered. That's good. And my optimistic side sees the sprouting of a new consciousness and a new potential that I think could be. And I see you talk as being a really central, you know. Uh, and even humility wise, I think I could say with a fair degree of confidence, I think I pulled a particular thread 
that relates to the yeah. problems we'd have that if we could insert it into the operating system, you'd like, you'd solve a fuck ton of problems. You know? yeah. yeah. Because yeah. Uh, the knowledge about human and knowledge about science and the knowledge about what we need to be grounded across the wisdom stack of energy, matter, life, mind, culture oriented towards transcendental, you know, being and wisdom. Um, yeah, yeah you talk gives you a really clear, no, this is where traditional science gets it right. This is where it gets it wrong. This is how you make holistic sense. This is how you revitalize the soul and spirit in the 21st century from a naturalistic framework, irrespective of, sure, maybe there's, you know, whatever's on the outside of this, but we know we get yeah, it yeah. wrong. And we know, Utah says we know we can fix it. Yeah. And if you fix yeah, it, yeah, yeah. you create a context of much more context of love uh, and yeah, wisdom yeah. than, you know, competition and economic growth that actually eats the planet and sets us up for all sorts of danger. Um, so yeah. there's a part of me that's like, oh, my God, I think there's innovation. I think there's unbelievable goodwill. I think people are waking up to it. I think that there's real potential. I think I have a thread. I think it can weave together with the practices of circling and John's vision and, you know, all the metamodern sensibility stuff. And it's really exciting. And then, you know, there's also, we're fleas on a fucking Titanic, but the hell am I, who am I kidding? It's a fucking yeah, Zoom yeah. conversation. When you look at the actual institutional inertia and the powers that be, you know, the Putin and, and yeah. you know, Biden are pulling triggers and they're pulling triggers underneath algorithms that are pulling triggers that have, and, and that system is on its own course in a way that I don't understand. I have no idea how to actually change it. And whatever momentum it is, is we'll, 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 where we end up. Um, and it may, you know, uh, there is there really any way to change that. Um, um, so my, my answer is that my pessimism and optimism affords me to see out here the hyper object, project myself on it, use my analytic mind to narrate. I feel like I can yeah. see both of those, not know either. And then yeah. what it tells me to do is understand your garden, use the metaphor of a garden as a fractal, okay? Meaning it's like, I really think the garden, if you could adopt it large scale, I will do what I can to participate in some sort of element, knowing that there are massive limits to what I can do and control as one person. And at the same yeah. time, it is the case that the proximal zone of my energy investment, okay, can create gardens in yeah, my yeah. world and and yeah. therefore i will it does matter if i'm curious accepting loving motivated if i learn from humility if i do connect with people yeah. my garden and the people around me you know different yeah and, uh, that's so that's what i'll that's what i will try to do uh lean realistically towards the positive with an eye on the pessimism that's also realistic and try to then embody within the local what would be a fractal yeah. representation um, so that's what I try to do at a more developmental level. If we have till 2050, my fantasy of influence is basically this network the seers into a tapestry of understanding. That's this decade. Okay. So the seers yeah. are people that are meta modern, whatever. The people are like, okay, we know this thing is broken. And we have ideas about earth. We have ideas about technology. We have ideas about humanity. We have ideas about science. And there's ways to network them together to get a coherent, integrated pluralism and clarity about how we could actually sustainably live. So you get a map yeah. that upgrades the fragmentation from the enlightenment gap and the chaotic fragmented pluralism between modernity and postmodernity into a coherent, yeah. integrated pluralism of the intelligentsia that actually gets clear enough about what that is so it can distribute a broadcast frequency. Right? Yeah. Then the next decade is that broadcast frequency gets metabolized and I don't mean this pejoratively, by lay intelligent lay people, 
Okay, so you yeah. got seers, and then you get intelligent lay people, and and you have to people have it always with you talks like make it so they can understand. It's like I understand this super well. <laughs> it's like yeah. no, yeah, and we're not talking about you. We're talking translators, about yeah, translate. It's like okay, yeah, that's right. Translate. So then it gets translated, and then it gets metabolized in the thirties to forties. Okay, yeah, and then yeah. the thirties to forties metabolizers start having kids and start going into schools, and then they train the next generation, and then the next generation grows up with it. And if they grow yep, up yep. with it, then you can spread that through. And then that, like God, as Christopher mentioned, is, is a love potential, at least the way it's structured, that then creates a cumulative generative structure across yeah, the generations. Yeah, yeah. And we become good ancestors so that the back half of the 21st century uh, is on a totally different trajectory. Wow. Yeah, great. I love that you just thought out this multiple generationally. This is, that's, that's really, really great. Um, I mean, there's so many things that you just said right in there. Um, but it's, it's funny. I keep, I've, I've had this thought a number of times, like, um, so I've, I've had the opportunity to, to, to circle a few, like kind of, you can, you, you can just follow intensive purposes to enlighten people, right? Like people who have in some serious way, you could, just tell they cut the stealth cord in that in that sense right and they um uh, kind of like one of the things that they're contending with is how do they relate to that especially now that they're not the that which they were right and how do they deal with these kinds of thoughts that are on some level are so grand right like, how do they do it? Like, and, and I just remember going on a ride with one of them where it was just like, well, trying to figure out what it must have been like for Jesus. Mm. To realize he was Jesus. <laughs> right? Like. Hey, what would I do? Have. Hey. <laughs> like, totally. Like, first of all, I'm how the fuck would you even relate to that knowing? Right? right. How, how could you even begin to relate to that fucking knowing? Right? Like, and how do you go about doing that? And it, it was so interesting because in, in, it, it had some parallels for him, given the kind of kind of grand, yep. unified kind of thoughts he was having, right? Yeah. How does he relate to that? And we just went through that walk with Jesus. I don't, I don't remember what, there was, it wasn't the kind of conversation like was circling where it's some big conclusion, but it felt like we got closer to something, right? So I've just, I'm, I'm appreciating what you're talking about, about what it must, what's, what, what it must have been. It's taken for you to deal with the scope of what, of your ideas, right. And how to relate to that and how to appropriately relate to that. And like, like, you know, these lessons in humility and, and, and the, the fact that like it, you being recognized in 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 a way in your in your lifetime right mm. get like letting that go or right. or or let, whatever the fuck that is right no it's totally yeah it's exactly right. but this yeah. multi-generational thing is in, is is interesting i, I want to send you um i'll send you a, a lecture series that i think you would really dig um it's uh, a heideggerian guy out of berkeley he's dead now what's his name um uh, herbert dreyfus where he 
Sure. He did a series of lectures and he did, this one's on um, John the Baptist, okay. right? Mm-hmm. Where he, and he does, and he does these different, he identifies different moments where the epoch of intelligibility changed, uh-huh. right? And he, then he looks at like, what was that change? Who did it? How did it happen? How did it spread? How did it take? And he, he goes through and identifies that there's certain roles that always happen in all these things. There's the, wow. there's the one that. who says it, mm-hmm. right? Then there's the one who interpret it, right? Huh. There's always the one who then retranslates it, right? But it's so many iterations. That's fascinating, and, yeah. So if you look at the Bible, yeah. right? Uh-huh. And you look uh-huh. at that as a translation, um. you have all these conflicting stories. But on another level, you have this, you have this very broad way in which it can transmit. And if you look at like if anything fucking transmitted throughout the world as an example of something, it's Christianity, right? Totally. Yep. Yeah. Totally. Love that. Yes, please do. And I know yeah. uh, I've heard, uh, I haven't followed Dreyfus. I know of him in cognitive science. I know how influential he is in John's thinking. I would really, yeah. and, and to connect that with his our analysis of that and, and to relate to that because yes, um, ever since 1997, and I'm stoned and a, the tree of knowledge falls out of me, uh, my journey yeah. has been odd. You know, it's definitely been a, a transformative journey about like, okay, um, what is this? And, you know, who's crazy here? <laughs> you know, it's like, yeah. am I crazy? Because <laughs> uh, I think this is unbelievably important. Or, 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 I mean, is everyone else crazy or am I crazy? I mean, we definitely have that right. uh, very strong feeling. And then there's this felt sense of, okay, Yes, and definitely my internalization of, all right, I'll come to terms with being ahead of its time. That's the very strong, I mean, that's where you get the whole arc of like, oh, there's a generational dynamic here. This is really a 20, back half of the 21st century idea after a meta-modern sensibility has emerged and solidified and people then are ready to actually be, you know, positioned to intelligibly open themselves to the transcending of the enlightenment problems and actually upgrade their fundamental ontology of an energy information field that actually can then be tied together so that the various branches of knowledge are in coherent integrated network rather than you know this broken dispersed structure and uh, and then you're like well if that's true and then you actually have a tree of knowledge in the garden that actually does that then you would actually have an entire educational system especially if it's one that ties together things like the coin that affords the subject of qualitative of being of each human identity you know yeah yeah yeah, and yeah. it's like, yeah, well, of course we would want that, but can you do that? It's like, actually, yeah, <laughs> turns out you can, you know, it's like, uh, believe it or not, that's really cool. <laughs> the answer is yes, <laughs> and it will have implications, actually. You know? So that's what the hope is, uh, but this generation, not so much. <laughs> totally. <laughs> Maybe your kid. <laughs> exactly, exactly. And, uh, they grow up in a different yeah. context. They're like, yeah. I mean, it feels like my kids are like, yeah, that makes perfect sense. It's like, okay. You know, but, we, you know, but everyone else thinks you're crazy, dad. So, all right, well. <laughs> I'll send you, I'll send it on you. It's a YouTube and series. I'll, send, really I'll find the link too. Yeah, for sure. I think you'll like it. I'm just curious too, to, for you to get into some of, some of Heidegger's work and just to see where that ends up in your... I'd love that. I really would. I really welcome that because that's an area, a blind spot. Uh, I mean, just the, embarrassingly enough, the entire phenomenological tradition is underdeveloped uh, in my own uh, thinking. Um, although obviously I'm a clinical psychologist, so I sit. But my recent work on the psyche has been really 
valuable and the, it stems its connection to the coin. I'm in a position now to build a psyche science relation that has not been built before. And that's a, and I'd love then to sit in the philosophical tradition of the phenomenologist and Heidegger. Oh, that's great. Yeah, yeah, totally. Like, love to talk with you more about that. Yeah, yeah, love that. Love that. Great. Hey, it's been really good talking. Hey, with man, you. you know, you warm my heart every time, guy. It's just to, to yeah, talk about too. nourishment. Yeah. So I often sometimes talk about psychological malnourishment. Well, there's also psychological nourishment. When I clack yeah. on and, and see guy's face, I know nourishment is coming. Hey. And that's exactly what it is that happened again. And like I said, I've been you know, long overdue for, for this, you come into yeah. this community, but I so appreciate being part of my heart and my community and the thread and the circling thread that I, that gives me hope for the next generation. Uh, you are definitely uh, top on that list. So mm. I appreciate that friend. Oh, thank you, my friend. Mm. All right. Yay. We'll be in touch. Bye -bye. All right. Take care. Okay. Bye.